Hello coaches, welcome to Locker Room Podcast. Uh, joined tonight, Daniel St. Ledger, St. Sylvester's manager, Turlock O'Brien, Ear Oak manager, and Mark Dorn, um, Slack Neil manager. It's very, very great to have you on, lads. Brilliant to have you on, because I know that you are going to give us great insights tonight into some of these some of these superpowers that are still left in this competition. We're down to the last 16, man. Um, two semi-finals in Leinster this weekend. Uh, an intriguing one on Sunday. St. Mary's RD against Kilmacud Crokes. And I know Turlock, no luck in the last round in Kilmacud. I know you're ruining the chances that he's missed in the first half that night against them. Yeah, we thought we had a good few chances in the first half that we that we fluffed, really. Uh, so we had definitely one goal chance, maybe two. And we missed an easy enough free. Uh, all these little things make a huge difference, you know, to your confidence. You know, we've been four points down at half time. We could have been we could have been level, I would say, at half time, you know. Um, but it was a good learning experience for us. Uh Croak surprised us a little bit. Uh we expected we we're gonna press our kick out in the game, uh, but they never did. Uh they gave it up to us, and we had actually prepared for the opposite thing to happen. Uh, so the caught us a little bit unaware that way, that way and we probably didn't get enough width and height then into our attack as a result we too many lads back uh, pick up short kickouts uh, but as a team you know they're superb like they're they're totally well conditioned massive understanding between them all despite the fact of two big stars in the team they really are a really good unit I think uh, players pop up from corner back to put the ball over the bar Um uh, no stand-up players apart from the two boys, really, but every one of them are very, very accomplished footballers. As I said, they're in superb condition, know what they're about, and they're going to take some beating, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, you've seen them, you've seen them up close numerous times now. Me and you have had many conversations about them. Like, Turlock made an interesting point there of conceding the kick-out. Like, even a team like Kilmacud, who you would think would have the, the, the you know, I wouldn't say arrogance, but they would have the confidence and, you know, real belief in, in pressing the kick-out. You know, just... Swallow the ego a little bit and, and drop off the kick out, respect the opposition. Like, well, have you seen elements of that in the Dublin Championship too? Have you? Yeah, well, it, it probably depends what way they're reviewing it. Like, I mean, they could have looked at dropping off the kick out as being an offensive weapon. Like, they might have fancied, let's say, they'd have looked at Aerog and said, maybe let the full back line have it. That might be an area we can grab a couple of turnovers as they come to the middle third. And you're, you're, you've got most of the Aerog team might have been ahead of the ball. And so it depends, it depends on where you want to kind of. It depends on where you want to approach it, but I I would say they look at the look at the opposition and will just analyze what's the best way of getting the job done. Like I mean, the, the I think they have a real lack of ego about the way they go about their business. Like you know, even at half time, it was eight three. Um, they, they they could have been very easy to get to kind of get, go a bit swashbuckly with with the wind and kind of really get after the game. But they said to themselves, well, look, we'll read the situation, and as Tara alluded to, they kind of are ready for preparing to counter attack and waiting for maybe was to try a few outside of the boot passes and that kind of stuff. But it never it never really occurred. Like, you know, they're just they're just very efficient and they kind of remind you of Dublin sort of 2016, 17 kind of time. You know, they they just have so little league of what to do. And even just uh, we mentioned physically, looking at their players, number two to fifteen could all nearly play in any position in the field. They're all so comfortable. Their skills are all so good. But they, they don't do anything spectacular. They just wait for you to make mistakes. You know, you, you could think you're in a game and all of a sudden you're five or six points down without them having done anything spectacular. You know, they're just they're a really efficient team and they, they choke you and strangle you and you, you think you're there and then all of a sudden you're out of touch completely. You know, they're they're going to take a bit of stopping, I'd say. Yeah, and physically as well, Mark. Physically, you know, they're, they're a physically supreme team. Like you looked at even yesterday, we'll talk about Ulster later in the show, but, you know, I looked at the physicality of Scottstown yesterday as well. Like these teams that are coming in now at, at provincial club level, they're all in phenomenal condition. Like, and, and, and Kilmacud, no more so than Kilmacud. 
Yeah, look, them probably top club teams now. They're they're, they're prepared the same as an inter county team. But I think I think the two boys agree. Daniel maybe more will know this. Kieran McCudd didn't actually play that well probably in the Dublin Championship, but I know I watched their final again, Bally Bowden, and I found it's very strange. Bally Bowden were hot favourites for that, and Kieran McCudd actually put their best performance a year. I thought they were really good. Again, Bally Bowden, but their physicality, you even look at Shane Walsh, like he's definitely hit the gym. Well, people might say he's hit someone else, but I think it looks like he's hit the gym hard. He's definitely put a bit more bolt on him. Now, there's Shane Walsh bolt and there's your bolt, Stevie, so I would <laughs> Shane's definitely hit the gym a bit hard this year. Are uh, you hitting the Guinness? <laughs> <laughs> but Turlick, Turlick, tell me this, Turlick, just from your for your own perspective, obviously for your Oaks perspective this year, you had, a, you had a young side out as well. I know it was referenced a couple of times in the commentary. You had five or six, you know, new kids on the block, and I suppose was the physicality a big a big thing in in, in the difference between the two teams as well? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, we think we had seven guys who played their first county final this year. Uh, Overall, a very young team, great learning year for them. Um, made a massive improvement in, in the last 12 months. And when they put them against Crokes, like the conditioning gap is just so big. Now, they're not a big team, Crokes, but they're mm-hmm. so well conditioned. Um, I was in their dressing room afterwards and, you know, it was like looking in the mirror to see, to be honest with you. They're all in good shape as I am. <laughs> well, here, Turlick, it makes a change from trying to get into the referee's room. You know, that makes a change. <laughs> You know, so. oh, <laughs> oh, and Mark, tell me this you know, they're playing St Mary's RD this weekend, right? St Mary's RD have five low senior county players playing in their forward line. Like, is is will Kilma could look at that now and say to themselves, right, it's in RD, which I was there this year watching Louth against Derry. It's it's a it's a tight venue, you know, it's a pitch that doesn't play fast. You know, will will already will already smell a wee upset here, or what way will Kill McCud do you think approach this game, Mark? Yeah, look, I actually am actually going to go down to this week because it's simply funny down the road in RD. Look, it probably would look Kill McCud still be favoured, but RD, St. Mary's RD is their second year at this level. Mm. It's their second low championship, and you say the five late seed, but they're very very young. They've got Chahamori over them. Look, I would say St. Mary's RD will maybe look, no doubt they'll sniff an upset. It's okay sniffing it and going and taking it. So. Different Jatlafish. Now, there's no doubt if St. Mary's beat them, it'll be a massive, massive shock. I still think that Kilmacud will win. But as you said, it's a slow pitch. It's a tight pitch. But look, I would Kilmacud. I've seen St. Mary's RD last year, and I've seen, funny enough, a bit of the highlights. They played the Wicklow Champions on TV last week, too. I watched a bit of it. And there wouldn't be the same condition level as Kilmacud. Kilmacud look as if they're three and four years down the road condition-wise. St. Mary's RD is maybe 18 months. That's the one thing I would say about it being in St Mary's already, yes, it's a home pitch, it's a home game in St Mary's, but physicality-wise, I know Torlick says they, they wouldn't be the tallest team in the world, but they're conditioned, they're like they're big, they're physical, in the right places, and look, that may count again St Mary's, because I know St Mary's do like to play fast football, fast, and like we've already said about RD, wouldn't be the fastest pitch in the world, it, it does play slow, so look, I, I still would think Kiel McCudd, Will come out and tap, but it is look. St. Mary's had them at home. It's a provincial semi final. It's not often you get a home game in a provincial semi final. So St. Mary's will be happy with that. Robbie Brennan, Robbie Brennan, Daniel's no slouch either. Like you know, Robbie, Robbie seems a real switched on guy from managerial perspective, and he's brought in Bernard Flynn this year into the setup. Um, former Meath player. Like they'll obviously go on Sunday. Daniel, looking at looking at Artie's strengths, their strength obviously lays in their forward line. They've been racking up big scores. They've been scoring a lot of goals in the in the live championship. So. They'll go. They'll go Sunday, and they'll be super, super attritional, will they? Yeah, you'd, ima- you'd imagine so. And and like 
Robbie was coaching me for a year and Sylvester's like and he's he's a very affable sort of fella and he again he wouldn't have any ego about who he was playing. It, it's all the same. They're looking at as you say strengths and kind of how can they expose this rather than uh, we'll just kind of cruise into it. You know, it's I like our deal probably need one of those days where you're hitting 80, 90 percent efficiency. You're not missing any frees. You maybe get a little bit of luck as well. Like so it's, it's not impossible, but Crokes will make you work for every little score you get. Like and we, you know, if if as Mark was saying, uh, Marys want to play on the break and want to play a little bit quicker football. Like Crokes might get, might turn over the ball four or five, six times in a game. Like you know, they like there was one of the scores for the weekend. It was it was Darren Mullins score in the first half. Charlie, you might remember it. It was it came from understand, and it must have kept it for I'd say three or four minutes. And it never looked like like Arrow well set up, but it never looked like there was a possibility of a turnover. And then they just picked their moment and. And and glide it in for a score and and they're real they're real crunches for a team like when you just you, you're trying to create energy you're trying to create a turnover and you're just been the life has been choked out of you you know I look I, I can't see it in fairness to 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 RD they're probably in a good place second year after winning two this is the second county final after after winning there might be you know year one you might be on the on the beer for a couple of weeks and you might be enjoying it and all that kind of stuff whereas they're probably in a different place now and I know underage just from chatting a few people in, in the area like they're, they're kind of getting that sort of stuff right and there's i know with the the school and rd is going pretty well as well in, in colleges and that so there's a lot of good things happening but mark alluded to it earlier about you know where where probably rd are with their condition and where where croaks are i mean croaks are you're i'm probably rabbiting on about this a good bit like you you talk about putting an snc program in place for a pathway for for a club like you know croaks have this in for about 10 years like so all, all these lads have been doing kind of um a fairly standardized gym program coming up from 13, 14 years of age that has been progressing slowly. So it's not a case of hitting the way it's hard for a year and that's it. Like this is this has been a fairly constant thing for them. And you know, they're they're division one in nearly every underage grade in Dublin in Harlan and football and they're top of most of them. Like that that's not that's not a coincidence. So it's hard to it's hard to battle with that level of with that level of of work that they have under the belt. You know? yeah, I think yeah. I think Crocs have since well, not to beat them um, that that year there, I think they changed their style of football. I think they have become quite defensive, and I think they'll be so well set up. I don't think this load that these these early um, forwards will will get the will get the room, you know, to hit the back of the net too often against them. And um, they're superbly well organised at the back, and I think they'll relish actually going up to play up there. I think they'll. I think Dublin teams actually like to get out and travel, and I think they'll be. I think they'll be under game. I wouldn't. I couldn't see an upset here, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I thought like there's probably nobody that, that is more knowledge of, of club football and Leinster football and particularly than yourself. Like I know from working with you, like your your knowledge of opposition is is phenomenal. You know this niche team quite well as well, niche team, uh Kildare champions, obviously. Um, I think a former Aerog man over them, is he? Joe Murphy. Yeah, Joe Murphy is over them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over them. They play St. Lomans Mullingar. It's probably no coincidence that these these are familiar names in Leinster Club football, I suppose. St. Lomans Mullingar being around for a while. Obviously, the likes of John Heslin there, who's obviously a, a marquee forward. How do you see this game going, Turlock, between Nace and... It's an interesting one. This this could be... Uh, quite tight, quite tight. Yeah, 50-50 game, I think. Uh, Nace on Crystal Wave now. Um, fair enough, like they've, they've had a few great years here now. Um, this year, they set up Bit more defensive than they have in the past. It took a while for it to settle in with them. I think. I think they're more of an offensive team, but uh, they're hitting teams on the counter attack. They've a lot of pace in their team. They're very, very well organised. Uh, it's very much, you know, a, a very mature squad of players who are very, very 
leading it really. Players lead it on the pitch. Um, superb leaders on the pitch. As I said, massive pace on it as well. Um, Lowman's, I think, will try and play, you know, uh, expansive football, I imagine. I think any team at John Heslin will want to spray the ball around. Uh, I can't imagine Heslin fit into a system that would be very defensive. Uh, he'd like to play, express himself and obviously they have the, they have the, they have the forwards as well, you know, to trouble any team. And uh, I think it'll be a 50-50 game. They haven't hit the heights in terms of performance levels this year, but they've been efficient and they've won games, you know, tight games that maybe in the past they might have they might have cracked under. But um, it's going to be, this is going to be the tightest game of the weekend, let's say. Yeah, and Ledge, you've you've come across a lot of these lads in, in county games as well. Owen Doyle, um, centre-half back, obviously a lot of experience, has played for Kildare for a long time as well. Darren Kerwin ran right the last day as well. I think he had a really, really good day the last day. Like, what what's your take on this? Like, are, are Nace, are, Nace, are they perceivably contenders here for a Leinster club title, do you think? Possibly so. Like, I, I actually, I have a sneaky suspicion for Lomans myself. I think they're on, like, they've, they've had a couple of county finals under the belt over the last maybe seven or eight years. They've been there, thereabouts, probably underachieving considering the talent they have. Like, you know, I mean, um, Flanagan centre forward, uh, Heslin, as we mentioned, Shane Dempsey is back, he's in Dubai. Like, they're pretty star quality inside forwards. Like, you yeah. know, that, that would trouble anyone. And um, I, I'd say they probably have been underachieving considering what they have, you know. Um, Nace, I, again, I saw them in the in the Kildare County final, attritional as well, like that kind of, you know, it, it was it kind of whoever blinked first was probably going to was probably going to lose, and that's kind of the way it came out. But I'd have, I just have a sneaky suspicion for Loman, so for whatever reason, you know, Nace definitely are in a really good place and a mature squad. And in fairness, there Nace are kind of like the Crooks uh, sample, you know, the the population, the resources, all that kind of stuff that they have in place, and they're in Leinster semi-final in the hurling as well I think you know so they're yeah. phenomenal a phenomenal kind of a phenomenal club but it's a way as well which is I think will count for a little bit you know up there mm. again I wouldn't particularly like playing up there in, in, in Mullingar but it's um a tough place to go and play and I, I just have a sneaky suspicion for, for Lomans just with as, as the couple of lads we've mentioned and uh, I, I think Nace might struggle to might struggle to contain them yeah, there's still a couple of your footballs lying in the roof of Dunn stores, you know, in behind the goals there in, in Mullingar. I, I, I never missed. Never a missed. couple of wayward ones. <laughs> Donny, two big towns, Mullingar, Nace, you know, Kilmacud obviously as well, a, a big superpower. Daniel talked about it. RD, you know, they're obviously becoming, you know, a very, very dominant force there as well at underage level and the schools he talked about and the system structure. Like, is it any coincidence that these bigger clubs are obviously, the you know, the, the, the tail end of these championships? No, look, and there's obviously the work that's now going in. Look, I think the penny is finally dropped with a lot of the big clubs. If we can get everything right at underage or structures, we're going to see our benefits. And look, we're just talking about Lomans. I know Bally Baby actually did Lomans last year before the West Meath final in the Challenge game. And they were nipped then by the downs. They were uh, they were just from talking to them that day. Paddy Christie actually was involved with them last year. Right, okay. And I knew they were they were very disappointed. So just from talking to them, they had their eyes firmly fixed on the Leinster club championship last year and then the Downs actually nipped them and Downs actually went to the finals so Lomans got the revenge this year really? so look I, I think Lomans will be really really focused on the game the fact that it's in Mullingar to be fair I know Nace beat a, Silver, or a Selbridge team who was hotly fancied Mick McDermott actually I think was going for a sixth championship in six right. different counties he was over Selbridge but look Nace got over but you would have to fancy Lomans but look as you said it's no coincidence these big clubs are getting their underage structures because if you use the conveyor belt, if you if you can get two or three players through every year, it's massive. And like if you even look at that Kilmacud team, I think they've 
there's three or four changes. I know Cutland is in force for people going away on holidays and stuff, but they're forward line that day. I just think the two or three new lads in and have made a massive difference to them. Yeah, two interesting games for sure. Looking forward to both of them. Uh, on the Munster men, Turlock, uh, Castle Haven, big win at the weekend. Um, beat Crillo of, of uh, Clare, Colm Collins is actually over, over them. Um, just looking at Castle Castle Haven's lineup, Turlo, and looking at some of the football they played, like it was sort of it was very very corkish type football. You know, it was fastball, it was pacey. Uh, you know, they've some really really good footballers. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember Brian Hurley or Michael Hurley was one of the two of them. Was it Brian found himself in Carlo IT for a few years? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he both, did. I remember, both of them, I think. Both of them, and I remember I remember we played them, and I just I just remember at the end of the game the pace that both of them had in the par. You know, it was like, it was scary, you know, the, and obviously they'd be looking at themselves now, particularly with the draw they have. They're playing the Waterford champions, um, Ruth Gormack, and, and they'll obviously perceivably fancy their chance of winning that, which will put them in a Munster final. Castle Haven maybe contenders for an All-Ireland, possibly? Possibly could be, yeah. They, they certainly like to play, you know, traditional football, I suppose. They're a little bit frustrated at the moment, I think, with some of the teams that come up against. Even in the Cork final, Nemo were very, very defensive in the Cork final, and it was a very low-scoring game. Um, there were there's a lot of frustration about that, and same again last week, you know. Um, but they have the talent, I mean, the, the forward talent there. The two, the two lads are just phenomenal players, like phenomenal players. Yeah. Um, it's a great uh, Castle Hill is a great, a great, great uh, West Cork club, you know, with, with great tradition. And uh, they'll be they'll be looking, they'll be looking to go the whole way, I would say, definitely without a doubt. Um, they're, they're a club that would be hungry for success. Uh, they would, would have felt they should have won more Cork championships than they have won. So I'd say no, they're out that they would really want to go the whole way if they can do that, you know. Um, and I suppose, look, I think you know, to an easy enough draw, I think maybe through through Monster, like so. Um, you'd have to give them every chance. Yeah, and Mark, you spent the, the last season down in in uh, in Munster. Uh, you were with you were with Colum and Clare, and obviously, I know we'd probably be bitterly disappointed with that result. They were very very close to a big upset there. Yeah, they were, and I watched the first half. Just it was a Monster TV there before it up to Newry. Like and to be fair, they actually. They were right in the game, and now to be fair, I was talking to him during the week. He really fancied them. Call him really fancy crack. We just I don't know what it is with Colum and Cork. He seems to just he always seems to get it right up against Cork teams. And look, to be fair, I know from the start of the year, the crack will probably win the Clare Championship was a big, big shock. I know a lot of people had them tipped for allegations. If actually, I think he told me twelve of their starting fifteen or thirty three and over. Right. That's a lot, but they've a lot of good hurlers. I know crack though hurlers were beat early on. And I hope there's some Neil people listen to that. The hurlers beat early on, like they can concentrate the football. And that's what he actually says. The hurlers were beat the first round of Clare and it allowed them full focus on the Clare Championship. And the, they beat an Arrow team who was really hotly fancy. Arrow were, were beat last year by Rahanis by a point. Arrow, there were seven Clare County seniors on it. And they cracked only a one. Yeah. The Podge, I know if Sean Collins would be another son of Collins, but he was injured all last year, but he's back then for crack. No, but there were a lot of yeah. a lot of good, good players in like that the draw it to extra time. Nobody nobody fancied crack no even to go to extra time. And I think nobody maybe knows this. The game was actually fixed for Castle Haven and on the Wednesday night, Castle Haven said their pitch was water there. Castle Haven have a nice tight little pitch. And nice. all of a sudden it was moved to the bigger part of Kiev, and it probably yeah. should it. But you look at the, the boys mentioned two Hurleys, I think the Nags of Helene, some are coming up. Mark Collins, Middlefield. Mark Collins, but actually, yeah. 2007, I know our own club, we came up again, Castle Haver, in the first round of Kilmacud. One The year we won Kilmacud, we played Castle Haver in the first game, we won 317 to 316. And I know Nags of Helene was managing, and there's a few, he said something to me, and I probably was nice back to him. 
Was that, that the year, was that the year you get player of the tournament? You, you asked me to mention that. No, <laughs> uh, year, I just go here, we won it. Oh, but right, okay, right. Jassel Castle here, it was our first game. It was 317 to 316. I always remember ever since then, we always looked out. But they actually, like they knocked thin bars out of, I think, in the first round of court was a big, big win for them. But when you look at Brian Hurley and Michael Hurley, Mark Hunt, the class all over the field. But I wouldn't, I think that Carmel is a team I think I would be tipping in Monster. Yeah, so when I w- remember watching them last year again, Nemo Rangers, and I was really, really impressed. And they were on TV one Saturday night and they destroyed, and then they went and stepped up again, Newcastle West, but they beat Newcastle West yesterday. Yeah, and, and yeah. Daniel, like St. Finbars took Kilku last year to extra time, uh, or uh, sorry, two years ago to extra time, all out at semi final. And obviously, Cork club football, you know, with a, with a historical, um, you know, reputation that Nemo Rangers had, like, you know, obviously Castle Haver will fancy their chances. But Mark talked about a Clonmel commercials, a very, very familiar name, Daniel, at, at club football now at this stage. They obviously played Dingle, which is the Guineas club. It's a strange system, the Kerry system, isn't it? Like, you know, the East Kerry won the championship, and then obviously Dingle then are. Or representing Kerry in the in the provincial series, like it's 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 a bit of a strange one that. Yeah, well, it probably depends. Well, like I suppose Dingle not getting to a county final might be a good thing for them in the sense that there's a couple of weeks to kind of take off and prepare for this properly. You know, it's like Dingle are quality outfit as well. Like yeah. they really are. I mean, they have some top end footballers. Like I mean, they're scattering of scattering of Kerry players, but um, yeah. Just come back to Castle Haven for a second. Like I mean, what 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 I think might benefit them is they've probably won a couple of games in a non-traditional way you know they've shown that they can yeah. do it dirty if they need to and that's probably that probably caught a lot of uh, court teams out when they came out of court because yeah. it, traditionally it would be I don't, i'm not sure it'd be much uh, tactics would be overly embraced in court you know it would be pretty much played as you see it but i i, I think the benefit that that castle haven might get of even that nemo game having to just go to the well and, and kind of really dog out a game you know might do them no yeah. harm and the same against Cracklow was a one nine to nine. It finished like you know, same yes, same yeah. kind of same kind of idea. Um, do you know, Munster's interesting though because like you literally have no like as 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 Mark said like Clamell are top quality top quality outfit, but Dingle you just don't know what they're going to bring on the day. I mean, if they if they have if they have used their couple of weeks wisely, um, that could be extremely hard to stop. Like, and it'd be very like it'd be very hard to see. It'd be very hard to see past uh, like any one of these teams could actually. Do something fairly decent, I think. You know, so I wouldn't be, yeah. I wouldn't be amazed at all to see any of the board have kind of thrown up. But I, I think probably Castlehaven, and I actually have a sneaky suspicion Dingle might have put a bit of emphasis on the last couple of weeks. So I think that could be your Munster final. Yeah, it's two weeks yep. away, so it's it's a fair bit away yet. Like, but it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Maybe Kerry Cork, uh, Munster Club final, Connacht Turlock, um, St Bridges Roscommon are back at the top table um, in Roscommon they obviously have you know Ben O'Carroll has been some addition not only to to uh, to Roscommon but obviously at club level he's, he's a fantastic footballer Ben came out of the, that success for Roscommon under 21 team a few years ago Brian Stack obviously a real talisman at, at full back uh, big Eddie Nolan I have, a, I have a lot of time for Eddie and around the middle of the field they play my hill of, of Leitrim and a Leitrim team that you would probably have been very familiar with during your Carlo days obviously Keith Burns set division four and far last year uh, he's he's their tallies man like, but I'm sort of looking at St Bridges thinking you know they probably have enough quality to come through this quite comfortably would you agree? Uh, I would think so yeah I couldn't yeah. see them stop to answer it, yeah. uh, but I think Brian Stack is is, is seriously injured uh, right. I think he got picked up a very bad injury the last game there yeah, yeah yesterday I didn't hear that I didn't yeah. hear he injured yesterday yeah that. I think he did yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a pity um, yeah he's a good lad Cara Finn, um they just about got over my 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 calling in the in the in the goal. I was actually at it actually, and uh, very good. 
Yeah, it was it was a dour enough game to be honest with you. Um, you know, Joe Bradley talks about Carrickfield playing this champagne football, like, but it was really it was a really get down and dirty in the trenches sort of a game, and uh, it really only opened up for about ten five ten minutes towards the end of the game, and it it uh, I'd say my call left it too late to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. They got I would say they got caught. Um, it's not the Carrickfield team of the past, in my opinion, anyway. No. Um, you know, Gary Sice to pull forward like he's still their main man and I don't know he's 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 getting on now so he's put on a few pounds as well uh, but a superb footballer I thought Kieran Malai was was outstanding for them uh, he really took the fight to them um, but uh, you know they're going to up against I think Balanad are coming up against and Balanad seemed to be setting up again another very very defensive minded team in, in the in the in the Mayo final like you know so um, I still think uh, Corrafin will come through it uh, and I fancy maybe Bridges to win the win the Connacht Championship. Well, it's interesting. And Tony, obviously, but uh, uh, like Podigo Hara is a massive loss. He didn't play that. Now they played Fulham Irish, and I, I looked at it today. And Evan Evan Regan, their top scorer in the Mayo Club Championship, he didn't play due to personal reasons. But I'm sort of thinking to myself, they obviously, you know, were very very safe and content in the fact that yeah. Fulham Irish. You know they were going to win that game quite comfortably. I think they ended up winning the game. I think by 15, 16 points, and that was like two or three key men. But I think if they're going to beat Cora Finn, they they'll need everyone, they'll, and particularly O'Hara probably. Yeah, no, they will need everyone. And look, that's actually that's actually a really good. I know Thursday's Cora Finn did play very defensively, and yes, I know Mike Holland probably Sean Kelly didn't play for them with a big mm-hmm. big blow. But before mm-hmm. Gary Space, I know he still kicked six points and the three or four. Under twenty ones, I know they introduced the one that the Galway under twenty championship last year, and I know this is their manager Kevin Johnson. I think he said there's three or four of them can through, and it just added a real freshness to their side. And look, and to be fair, look, I'm just as a man there. We're talking. I think Kevin Johnson's now won three championships in the last yeah, five three years. Three championships, three different counties. Like, and yeah. it's, that's serious, serious going. Like, and look, Cora, you would still look yourself to go with Tara, Cora Finn to the Bridges final. And that that would actually be a brilliant final. Yeah. Because look, it'd be a great final to go and watch, but look, you would fancy the two of them looking through. But it's it is like Cora Finn. There were people said the that's them finish, you know, with the one three alarms. Somebody says, Oh, you're not here tell a Cora Finn now for six or seven years ago, and now they're back again. And it's great to see them back because yeah. look, they did play serious good football, but look, I it did. just shows you they changed everybody changes with their styles and they're playing. Like, I did listen, there's an interview with Kevin Johnson after the game with Mike Collins. He says, Look, you play and the style Corfin had five or six there's enough players to play that way at the minute. Now we're playing the style that suits us. Mm, yeah. And the conditions were really bad at that too, you know. It was just yeah. wet wet day and, and the pitch in, in Salt Hill was really, really heavy, I'd say, you know, it really affected yeah. the quality of the game, I imagine. So maybe it wasn't a true reflection of the way the will the will play, but uh yeah. it was a dog fight and they had the character to win it. Yeah, I I watched Mike Cullen last year, Daniel, in the uh in the All Ireland semi final, and you know I I I thought they were they were extremely well organised defensively. I suppose it's, it's the old narrative like everyone everyone has to have a decent you know defensive platform to to build from you know, and I suppose there's a lot of criticism labelled at some games, but like when you look at the volume of games that's played, not every game is bad. Like, but a lot of teams are setting up in a very similar way. Would you agree? Yeah, I, look, to be honest, I, I think the lads mentioned the conditions and I, I think every team is doing the same thing throughout the year and it's just so much harder this time of year because realistically moving the ball by foot is is just a lottery, really. You know, you, you, you have a heavy pitch, 
you know, it, it's kind of uh, back's time of year to to get <laughs> to have their moment after running around in hard pitches for for five months. You know, so it's so like uh, look, it is what it is. I mean, I, I think if you went back and averaged out the, the the club championships from this time of year for the last twenty years, I'd say it's probably on a par. Like it's just it's just the nature yeah. of it's the nature of the beast. You know, um, like how many county finals are there? I mean, it it, it yeah. it's what happens. You know, um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't overly overly analyze it too much. You know, but. Um and and ultimately all these things they're not they're not entertainment value you know when you're uh, you're playing for a club and like Corfin were trying to wrestle back a county title you will do yeah. whatever is necessary and Never you could little, yeah absolutely and Ballina yeah. no different like I mean it's it's do you go out and play open ball against Brafe in a Mayo County final and lose by six heroically or do you actually give yourself a fighting chance of winning a game and look it mightn't be for everyone but. I put it this way: If you're if you're a club player and you've been training for 10, 11 months for this, you you one nil, do you? You know, so it might yeah. be the thing about the, the provincial club championship. Of course, it's it's all knockout. You know, yeah. all stages of this, so it is on the day. And uh, you know, a lot of clubs like to have a dogfight and just see. You know, will be in it at the end of the game, and you know, a late score to win a game would be would be happy enough to do that. You know, and Sp- yeah. speaking of which, speaking of which, moving on to Ulster, Scotstown, you, you ventured up the road yesterday, Turlock, to to Park yeah. Ashler in Newry. Uh, on your travels, you just don't know where you'd appear, like. But uh, so, road paid expenses. Scotstown. <laughs> I mean, Daly's not paying my expenses for Godley's game. <laughs> <laughs> no, Daly, Daly, look after you. But hey, on on a on a serious note, Scotstown, look. I did think the game was going to be tight. Um, I know Mark will have his own views on this, like from from knowing Scotstown very well during his time at Bally Bay. I have been super impressed with the pace uh, in which Kilku were playing football this year, but I think it was more an indictment of how poor the Down Championship was. I've been involved in Down Club football now for about maybe about 12 years and Division 1, and I said to Mark today, I actually was chatting him, I thought the standard of the Down Championship this year was was probably the lowest it's ever been uh, from a quality point of view. Such a disappointing final as well, uh, but Bourne, Bourne were terribly disappointing in the final. And I was sort of looking, and I looked at them again, Derry Gunley, and we probably thought, Jesus, you know, the blue Derry Gunley away, but maybe that was more of a case of how poor Fermano is. But the old dog for the hard road, Turlock, the, the experience and the dogginess of that Scotstown team was was something else, wasn't it? Well, look, I suppose when you look at the lineup that, that Scotstown have, like, you know, they probably have eight Monaghan uh, senior footballers on the, on the yeah. team and leading, leading Monaghan players, like, I mean, household names on that team and they're probably a, a club really that should have done better in the Ultra Club Championship uh, over, over the years and they haven't done it but uh, I would have to say I think Kilku uh, fluffed their lines uh, they went four points up uh, I really thought they had the game won and they didn't close it out um, I was really impressed with Kilku's pace as you said I mean they absolutely they're like lightning coming out of the fence uh, on the counter-attack uh, but uh, while they actually opened up the Scotsman defence, they don't pull the trigger often enough uh, to inclined to pass the ball off and go for efficiency and and you know not got a chance taking their shot. Uh, I thought that came back to haunt a little bit, and then you know that clearance at the end of the game, like by by the full pack, like was horrendous, and uh, you would just wouldn't expect it from them, you know. So they probably they probably contributed their own downfall. To be honest with you, having said that. Uh, that the points that Scotsman got to win the game yeah, were absolutely phenomenal. phenomenal. Uh, I was in the stand, you know, in the first half, and there was a few few Kilku lads behind me, and they were they were they were deriding um at Bacon's performance in the first half. He had three wides in the first half. Yeah, yeah. And he was playing out on the on the on the Kilku 45. <laughs> and 
Uh, Jesse turned around in the second half. I mean, that point he scored from play was 60 metres. I think he was trying to put the ball in long into Hughes uh, and it just over, overcooked it. I think it ended up in the Newry Canal. I think it was so, it was so <laughs> far ahead of the balls. Uh, and then, of course, the three to win it like was superb. And, uh, but the quality they have, though, in, the, in that Scottsdale team, that's just serious. I don't think any team left in the championship has the same quality of player that they have. The question is, can they can they produce it now through the rest of the the, the campaign? Yeah, the two know? week the two week break mark the two week break might help Scottstown. Obviously, you know the, those older players will do very little this week bar recovery. But tell me this, Mark, just while you come back that one from a a, a four point up four points up with Kilcoo. I don't think I've ever seen Kilku throw away a four-point lead so late in the game because they're the masters of of when they're in front, you're in trouble. Like, you know, because of the way they play. Was there a wee element of complacency maybe towards the end of the game? Look, I know Kilku people probably say there wasn't, but I do believe there was. And look, let's make it so everybody thought when Kilku went four in front, it's game over. Now, which probably shocked me a wee bit sometimes. Kilku, yes, they'll manage the game out, but with a couple of chances ago, it was just how defensive they went. When they yeah. went four up, it just nearly automatically will drop off here. And look, one thing with Scottstown, they're the one team you can't drop off because they have men 50, 50 yards out, 60, who will get, can kick scores. Yeah. Now, and to be fair, I'm just referring back to like Kilcoon, they'll make no doubt, or will be sick. They'll be sick to then. It'll be a hard, it'll be a stinger for them. It'll be a hard one for them to take. Just come back to everything. Look, I actually don't think there's a team in Iron Place with the same pace as Kilcoon. When they are playing at that pace, I didn't think they played with the pace enough. I, think, I thought they just they went when they had them. Now, I did think if Kulku played with a pace, the serious pace he can play, relentless pace, I didn't think Scott's time would live with them. I don't think. And I thought Kulku let they just look. Like, I felt before the game, if Kulku play with any sort of pace for a sustainable period of time, Scott's time won't live with them. I thought Scott's time will want to go in and make it a dog fight. And that's exactly what they did. Now, I watched Scottstown two years ago in Celtic Park against Lane, and Lane completely destroyed them. And I did think that was the end. I thought there's a lot of ways in the Scottstown team, right? They're going to struggle in the end last year. Obviously, Bally B beat them in the final two, and I thought, oh, they're in, they are in trouble. But look, to be fair to them, they got, the, but they got themselves right. They went back. And I actually, the morning thing this year, I actually thought Enniskeen blew it. Enniskeen goalkeeper have a couple of bad kickouts. Scottstown, three scores from it. We Declan mean him was playing corner four when he's getting a three 21-yard freeze. Normally, we kick was ice lows, missed him. And I remember leaving Clonus going that day. And it was rather funny. I said to Paul Finley, I said, Scottstown will not live with Kilcoo. And Paul Finley said, not. I just said, oh, I wouldn't write the math, but I was thinking about it. There's no county in Ireland plays an underdog better than Monaghan. <laughs> and like I probably was sitting up and make no mistake, Newry suited Scottstown yesterday. Clonus would have suited Kilcoo better. Maybe so Scott's time would have been happy going to Nuri a tighter field and they have the big men physically to get in around. Whereas Clonus, maybe the big wide open spaces would have suited Kilcoo. And they make the mistake. Kilcoo without Jerome Johnson up front, they do, they've no goal threat. They don't look as if the same, having the same goal threat now when he's not there. But in saying that, look, they still should have won the game, but they've taken on away. Well, they're four points up. I actually thought at half time they were in the draw and they were probably lucky. Scotstown, I thought, were the better team in the first half. But look, done what they do what they do. That 15 minute period, three quarter, that's we talk about that third quarter. Then they do go the town and probably went four up and they probably was complacent. They set in, but take nothing away from Scotstown, what they've done. And like it was just even to see 
they get the kick out to be fair I thought Scott's time yesterday want to make Kalku kick the ball down they went in a sort of half press and starting to be fair to Bobo Kane Bobo Kane's kick outs were brilliant the first 20 minutes but then Scott's time went in that real aggressive press and they won the next yeah. three because one thing about Scott's time there's no team in Ulster is as big as him like they have a lot of big men around that middle mate and the Carvel the two Qs is big and comes out and joins him Ryan O'Toole like they've serious serious physicality and height okay. and then to be fair Kulku came out the second half and they won the next couple of balls out low. But then he could see the panic setting in once. It got back to two or three points and Kulku or Scotstown really pressed. I think even the the last kick out, maybe Kieran chooses, I think Roy Began actually broke it down to yeah, somebody yeah. want to break. But but the one thing I would say the big turning point was Darren Hughes. I think Darren Hughes made a hit on Eugene Brannigan. He did, yeah. And it just seemed to lift Scotstown. It seemed to give him that wee... Today. But the one thing before the game, talking to a few Scotstown people, I was actually shocked at how confident Scotstown were. Yeah. Before the game, now you made a break. You made a, a court there about the break, that two week break. I remember like Kilku, didn't make no mistake, it does. Kilku went to Derry Gunley last week, seven days, and an Ulster Club Championship. Yes, the one that's pulling yes. up, but it's very hard seven days later to refocus yourself to get you ready for a big, big game. It is that seven days. Because I remember my only experience last year, Bunny Bay actually beat Crossford Lane. And seven days later, we had to go and play Kilku in Clonus. And then also, and it's very, very hard to get set now. But Kilku have the experience of doing this. I'm not saying these, but I'm just thinking wee tiny things. I think Scotstown sitting this three weeks. I'm going back to that. Been right after an underdog. There's nobody plays, plays yeah. an underdog better. But look, Scotstown, some of the scores we talked about. I hear people saying about club football board. Jesus, nobody complaining about the entertainment in your ASD, like the atmosphere. Even in the first half, it was intense. There might have been a lot of scores, but it was just fascinating to see the way teams were set up, what Scotstown were doing, their matchup, how they were going after the kick out. And to be fair, even Kilku, to be fair, and I thought Kilku might have dropped after Rory's kick out at the start. They actually didn't. They pressed. But like, there's a lot of stuff that was actually, like, was, I thought it was a brilliant spectacle yesterday. It was fascinating. The kick outs were fascinating because. Uh, in fairness to Kane, in that first half, there was a decent enough press on from from uh, Scottstown, but he got a lot of his kickers away onto that right-hand side and they got away with it. Uh, but the second half, that high press from Scottstown was incredible. And yeah. They are a huge team. That's the so he's, he's very, he's decent. Uh, Kane's yeah. decent at, at getting short kickouts away. I know yeah. Daniel chatted to, to Robbie Brenner, uh, Daniel, after the All-Ireland final. He said that Kilmacud went after him hard in that final and in the first half, Kilku had a 100% retention rate on the kickout. And Kilmacutter, you know, would be well organized on a press and a plenty of physicality. But it's just interesting, like when I look at it, like you have Glenn, Waddy Grahams, you have Glenties, you have Trillick, and you have Scotstown, right? So on paper, you have Derry versus Donegal and Tyrone versus Monaghan. Is there a correlation, you know, yeah, not the strength of the counties and the strength of the clubs? Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. It's um, I just going back to the, the Scotstown game. Like I, I thought, I thought it was really interesting. Outside of the first twenty minutes, I actually thought Scotstown were probably the better team. And to be honest with you, I thought yeah. the penalty, the penalty was soft. Probably, it probably was a penalty, but it wasn't a goal threat. Like, do you know what I mean? There was no yeah. need for Darren Hughes to go in that hard at it. It wasn't really an opportunity. And without that penalty, it's it's probably going to a draw game, regardless. I'd say, you know. So, yeah. in a, in a sense, I thought Scotstown were really clever. Like, I mean. It looked like for the first half, it looked like they purposely slowed down any transitions they got. It looked like they really purposely slowed everything down. It took it almost to a walking pace. So probably that idea of maybe an older team kind of 
kind of taking their way through the game in a way that they felt they could last the full of taking it. The st- taking the sting out of the, out of the pace of it. Like. Very much so. And then, yeah. Mark, you mentioned like that, that, that Kilku couldn't, couldn't, didn't play with enough pace consistently. I didn't think they were led. I, th- I thought Kilku really, or I thought Scotstown really strangled the pace of the game an awful lot. And it was, it looked really pointed. Even when there was opportunities for transition, when you're thinking, Jesus, they have three, four overload down, down flanks. They kind of held off and waited and were extremely patient with what they're doing. But the second half, they obviously decided direct was the option because they must have put six, seven, eight really long early balls in. Not much came off them, little half chances there and Hughes going behind from one. But I think what it did was it made Kilku wary of that and they retreated back to their D. And like yeah. you look at where Kieran Hughes picked up his mark from. Yeah. All, like there, was, there was 12, 13 Kilku players were all around the D, but no one is marking those fringes. And that's purely because of the long threat. And then you have the option of the easier one outside the scoring zone, which, sorry, it wasn't an easier one. It was a phenomenal score. But nonetheless, it was a 30-yard kick pass to a man with no one on him. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's, that, that played out tactically because of the threat that I, I think that, that Scottsdale had physically. And we've mentioned the size of them. You know, any, any kind of direct ball that went in there, they, they won it, worst-case scenario, or got a positive break off it. But, um, yeah, it was a really good game. I, I thought it was brilliant. Like, I mean... You're looking at, yeah, you're looking at, I don't know, I, I, I'm still not sure about Scots, and I think that might have been the Everest for them, to be honest. I think that might have been, there's such an emphasis on Kilku. Um, I, I still find it hard to look past Glenn, you know, Trillick obviously, or Trillick are decent. But well, well, Trillick, Trillick, I would say Trillick, or, or, or I would say last night there was a real lift in the Trillick camp when they seen Kilku were gone. You know, I think that the play Scotstown, no, no disrespect to Scotstown, but I would say Trillick would, would have been thinking, you know, we're going to be playing Kilku. Uh, obviously, the reputation of of, of Kilku and the, look, they've, they've been in, in three of the last four Ulster finals. They've been in two of the last four All-Ireland finals. You know, they're a very experienced group. They have a lot of really good players. Uh, but I just think Mark's right, like the, the absence of Jerome Johnson, the absence of Dylan Ward. And I said this to Ornie before, and, and Turlick, I don't know if you picked up on it in the All-Ireland final. When they, when they won the All-Ireland against Kilmacud, they they brought three players off the field, but they brought the same three players back on again. And I just don't think Kilku have that real deep bench, that real sort of squad that the likes of a Kilmacud has or a, or a Waddy Grahams have, you know, with a wee bit of quality to come in there, you know, and a, and a bit of physicality and size as well. But but it's interesting now, Turlick, like Trillick, Trillick plays Scottstown now. That'll be a good game. That'll be a really good game. Um and, and it'll be it'll be an intriguing game. But for me, Daniel talked about Waddy Grahams, Dorney. I know you come up against them. How close, Turlick, do you think they, they will be of winning all Ireland this year if they can get through Ulster? Well, you, you'd have to, you'd have to, you have to rate very, very highly. Like, I mean, we've been around the block now, so they have, and, and have some quality, really, really quality players, like up front, especially. Um, you know, they're very well organized. Um, I don't think they played particularly well though this year, mind you, but I think, I mean, with, again, Kiku Khan and Ulster, I think this can get them a big boost as well. Um, you you would fancy their chances. I think I think they'd be too good for Atlantis. I think they will be. Um back in the final then and um Trillick or Scottstown, I think I think they'd be happy to play either of them, I would imagine. Uh Trillick to me um brought a lot of energy uh against Cross McGlenn and you know a lot of pace uh, that might 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 cause Scottstown trouble. Um but again, Tyrone team's uh, record in, in the in the championship isn't brilliant, like, you know, with the follow through on, on, on their win last, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um obviously Matty Donnelly's a huge loss to the end, like, but Richie Richie Donnelly really stepped up the last day, I thought though. Yeah. Yeah, he did know he did it a brilliant game. Mark, the big the big energy line for Glenn, middle of the field. 
phenomenal. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Look, to be fair, there are two powerhouses. To be fair, Brendan or he or Connor Glass and Emma Bradley, and then the, they are they're big. And even tell you Ryan Dugan at full back. Yeah, he leans out at full big back. Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah. And now yeah. then you have like I tell you their defenses. That's where I actually think they're strong. Is like the Warnock at corner back. The Dugan. Well, Warnock's a good player, don't he? Warnock's really, actually a really, really good player on the ball. Yeah, on, really good on the player, ball. Connor Carvel. Carl yeah. Mahullen, Ethan Mahullen. Well, I know even yeah. the Slot Neil beat them. I don't think that a four score from play it was our defence. Yeah. They've all come from deep. They've a lot and ended to be fair, like the Jack Doherty and Ethan Doherty. Yeah. In a half four line, Danny Tan, Alex Doherty's only coming back. The, the scary thing probably with look, I know Torlett mentioned there, they're not playing well, but nobody's no. actually getting any nobody's actually getting anyone any yeah. closer to beating them. Yeah. And I seen I seen the, them I seen them two or three times this year, Tony. I would have felt was there, a, was there a case of getting to the final last year, the whole emotion around, you know, the replay, was it going to happen, was it not? Then they were straight back in with Gallagher, Derry. You know, it's been a long couple of years for that group, like, and you're sort of thinking... Yeah, well, I know the Derry, to be fair to Maliki, I know we give the whole lane, once Derry was finished, they could have thought they give a whole lot of them, they were told not to come back in for four weeks. Fair play, right? They actually played, they actually played their first two group games without their county men. Yeah. And now, but saying that, Keir McFall's a big, big plus for them. Yeah, didn't play for him player. last year, and to be fair, he's actually playing very, very well. Yeah, last few weeks now, but like Cargan and Lane, you watch Lane, Lane actually don't hammer when it gets to these, they don't hammer teams, mm. they just do enough, but they're not as like they have a lot, a lot of good players. But going back, like when you look around, you still ice that look, there's no doubt Lane were, Lane were probably delighted. Scott's yeah. done them a favor. That they were because yeah. make no mistake in the back of Lane's head was Kilcoo. and then it's Kilcoo in the final and yeah. vice versa. But look, it just shows you, you take the air of the ball. But look, Glenn will Glenn is one thing with Molly O'Rourke again, he will give Glenty's the utmost respect. And look, there's one thing with Glenty, I think Glenty's actually matched them well from goalkeeper up to midfield, but it's just up front. I don't see Glenty's having anything up front that'll give Glenn. Any trouble and look, Alex Doherty came on and yesterday for the last fifteen minutes, Alex has played very little. He would be a massive, massive plus for Glenn. They've actually introduced young lad Danny McDermott, who he's actually only five or six days missed out on minors five or six days. He's a big, big player for Glenn this year. And to be fair, Glenn are strong all over. And yeah, and just looking at Ulster going, look on paper, you're saying Scotstown could on the have probably the lion tail, you would think, but. I go back to that game of Celtic Park two years ago where Glenn absolutely destroyed them. destroyed them. And you have to remember Molly O'Rourke, all these Glenn players, all these Scotstown marquee players were talking about. Molly mm-hmm. O'Rourke knows them inside out now and saying that Trillick, Jody Gormley and Trillick will be sitting thinking, yes, you mentioned it, Cuckoo's gone. We have a rattle here at Scotstown, which will be massive for them. And look, it's it's actually fascinating. And it's, look, it's the one competition, I, it's my favourite competition in Fluton County football and everything else, the club championship. I know the two boys are going to be saying, oh, that's just a biased one. Well, them, two boys, Tony, them two boys, Ledger and, and O'Brien, are both anti-naughty men. They're, 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 All right, sure, look, they're yeah, everything they're they're getting, When I was getting sectarian abuse down in Port Lisa, the two boys were joining in, like, you know what I mean? But I think there's a, there's a, just a point yesterday in Scotland, I think, and it hasn't been remarked on, Right, everybody talks about Rory begging to point. It's the free he scored, the point he scored. But do you all remember the pass he gave to Jason Carey when it brought it brought Scotstown back to two points? He gave a pass, Jason Carey inside. It was about 30, 35, 40 yard pass into an eye of a needle. Yes, Jason yes. Carey took the mark, and yeah. I thought that gave that was a At massive top of the pass. He took it at the top of the D, yeah. yeah, that was a that was a real risky pass to play. Yeah, but he seen it. He went for to be fair to Jason, took the mark and over the bar. 
Yeah. And I think that was a big, big score yesterday. Ledge, we'll not we'll not we'll not spend too much more time on it. I'm gonna push this for a wee bit of a prediction here. But Ledge, don't don't he talked about Glenn, not Hammer teams. They're very systematic, like Kil Kil McCud, you know, in, in a way. They're very similar actually, in a way, in what's the play. I, I was just gonna say as we were talking, you we kind of nearly have been saying the same things about both teams, both a little yeah. bit slow to get up and running, both probably timing the run, probably looking to peak for different times in the year without having to flog <laughs> flog them flog lads that have been on the go for a full year between counties and clubs. But I think it's like the whole club thing. I mean, there's these little rivalries developing within club football now that, that probably weren't there before. Maybe, maybe it's to do with the split season. I'm not sure. But like you look at that, that Glenn Kilcoon that was a huge thing. Even Glenn and Kilmacud will have their own little rivalry from, from last year. You know, there, there's little storylines and bylines coming in. And, you know, yeah. I think the club championship is, especially when you get to the provincial sides of it, it's starting to take off a small bit, you know. And I think it's, yeah. you know, I could, definitely aspects of it might be more interesting than, than some other county stuff, you know. 100%. Well, I'm going to push this here, man, quickly, right? We're going to just, I don't want to speech in this now. Dorney, you need to just give me four words here. So give me your last four, Turlock, quickly. Give me your last four. Leinster. Kim McCord. Okay. Ulster. Glenn. Okay. Connacht. Bridget's. And uh, Monster. I'm going to go with Castlehaven. Okay. And then Dorney, shout. Lanster. Chilling with Hud. And Ulster. Glenn. Yeah. And what are we going for at Connacht? I'm going to go for Cora Finn. Cora Finn and uh, the finally then Monster. Comrade. Commercials. You're going to go commercials, good man. Yeah. And Ledge, finish you. Kill McCud. Kill McCud. Glenn. Bridget's. And Dingle. Dingle. So we've all something different there. So I'll tell you what we're going to do, lads. We'll come back after the finals. After the who's your four? You can't, you can't hang oh, well, well, I'll, I'll go, I'll go, I'll, I'll go, I'll go kill McCud. I'll go kill McCud. I'll go Glenn. I'll go Glenn. I'm going to go Balana. I'm just going to go something different, Balana. And I'll finish with, uh, with Castlehaven. Good job. We're not a betting man. No, so look, we'll we'll come back after the finals, man, and we'll get a good look at it, and we'll see who's close and who's not close. And hopefully, we'll get the three is back on, and and we'll look at the at the at the potential contenders then to the to the All Ireland crown. But listen, lads, thanks very much. Brilliant to have your insights, uh, great knowledge. Turlock, God knows where you're going this weekend. I know Dorney's for RD. I think I might get down myself and watch Kilmacud, but I might go to Mullingar. You'll you'll probably pop up. I was gonna say in Mullingar, maybe. Yeah. Are you allowed in Mullingar? Remember you chased the ref off the field that day. Gordy <laughs> <laughs> and Gordy were called in everything that day. You know. I think Stevie, your your memory John, is is John Heslin. John Heslin kicked the ball at my calf, but it's still sore. I mean, I broke my mouth that day too. But hey, listen, Ben, great, great to have you on. And hey, listen, we'll chat soon. Anyway, thanks a million, boys. Oh, thanks, Bye. Bye. See you later.